Hey, do you like what we do, but want to hear it in Boston? Well, the fucking Avengers, the thing with fucking Chris Evans, you know he went to school around here and shit, right? He fucking grew up around here. Dude, that fucking house in fucking Knives Out Kid that he was in, that's in fucking Weston, Massachusetts. I drove by it. My uncle, my uncle, okay, he's a fucking contractor, all right? He drives a truck. It's got ladders and shit on it, right? He has fucking pictures of Chris Evans working on that fucking movie and that that asshole Ringing Johnson that made that fucking stupid Star Wars movie I hated so much. That guy right yeah he was fucking there too and oh a fucking james bond kid oh shit i fucking saw james bond and shit i had to send a picture of that to my fucking aunt she was like oh my god bring him over here i'm gonna fuck him so fucking hard and i was like auntie we're on a fucking group chat with ma i don't fucking care ma can come over here and fucking fuck him too for all i care and then we went on and on and on and everybody was fucking and now i know too much about my family kid then you should check out this week's sponsor the Chipman Brothers Tangent, talking about literally anything, be it nerd news or the lasting trauma of Catholic school. Chris and Bob Chipman have you covered. Listen to the Chipman Brothers Tangent on your favorite podcasting site today. Welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer, be they Elves or Eldar, Space Marines or Stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lord Commander Oric, and with me as always is... His shield brother. Today, man? I don't know how that worked. We had a little tech... We're having technical hiccups already, so... Yeah, we've pissed off the Omnicide of something fierce. We need to get a Mechanicum episode in the can. Well, particularly Oric's progeny has pissed off the Omnicide, so... Yeah. To answer your question, I am doing okay uh i have i'm still in the process of moving which is really crummy and uh hopefully i'll have it done because i literally only have this week to finish it and there's also the possibility that i might get taken to court over some bullshit that some guy is trying to basically con me and that's uncool but mm. i've also had to spend a lot of time with my lady so that's been really nice so you know ups and downs how are you doing uh, pretty good. Got tax returns in, so I've been able to, you know, catch up on some stuff and expand my Warhammer army quite a lot, which always is fun. Oh yeah, I have to, I have to expand my War, Warhammer army this weekend so I can get you an Ultramarine coin. So, yep. I coin. Yeah, because according to what I've read, I have to spend over $100 at a Warhammer store to get the coin for you. Whoops, so. That's supposed to be free. Those lying sons of bitches. Yeah, it comes free with the purchase of $100. Oh, that's dirty. All right, then. Games Workshop, we're, we're calling you out on this one. You advertise that it's free. Which, I mean, I need a sister's vehicle and a squad of Repentia, so it's fine, but I wasn't planning on spending that money. So, just yet. <laughs> I see how that works. Now I'm pissed. Anyway, take us to something positive. Yeah, positive. The people that, you know, support us for reasons that... Kind of remain a mystery sometimes. They are our wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Mills, Kit Kenny Solometsky, and Seth Decker. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. 25 cents an episode means you get early access to all our content and you get to make sure that we can keep doing this on a weekly basis. And since this is Geeks of Grimdark, you, or if you're listening and I can't imagine this would be your first, well, maybe it's your first, I don't know. Point is, 
These always have a guest. It's kind of part of the basic format of this sh- this particular show, Geeks of Grimdark. So, our illustrious guest, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, uh, I'm K- Kinney, um, actually one of the patrons. Uh, most places online, I'm some variation of Warhammer Geek, sometimes with numbers at the end, usually not. Uh, and I play the Death Watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. The Death Watch. Huh? Well, go ahead. I was going to say, let's get right oh. into it. Give us... Uh... A start. Let's start off with a high-level overview. What are, assuming someone has a rudimentary understanding of what Warhammer is, what are the Death Watch? The Death Watch are um, a branch of the Ordo Xenos or Xenos of the Inquisition. They are a collection of all the Space Marine chapters that are um, kind of brought together uh, to fight alien threats. They're kind of an open secret where the chapters are aware of them, but no one really knows exactly what they're doing besides just the generic fighting aliens thing. Um, So as a quick quick sidebar, because we haven't had someone come on to discuss the Inquisition, and we will probably at some point, without going into details, the Inquisition is, you know, you know, think the Spanish Inquisition, but sci-fi. In space. (laughs) In space. And they've got three main groups. There is a group that hunts heretics, the Order Hereticus. There is a group which has as their military branch the Sisters of Battle. There's the group that hunts demons. I don't remember what the D... Order Malleus. Malleus, thank you. Order Malleus, who have as their military branch the Grey Knights. And then there's the Order Xenos, who hunt aliens, a la Death Watch. Anyway, continue. Um, Yeah, so... They're the um, the strong arm of the Order Xenos on aliens. Uh, there's so much with with them. You know. Was... Oh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, so uh, now that I've got a, a new girlfriend recently, and as is my prerogative, I am trying to get her into Warhammer because <laughs> that's how I function. And yes. I was explaining all the various factions to see what faction she might be interested in, and when I got to Death Watch, all I could think was. Do you know the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones? <laughs> and she doesn't. What a but... comparison. Yeah. Well, the idea, right, because correct me if I'm wrong, right, the idea of the whole, like, all right, we have a usually a specific place, we have a group of places, and we conscript from various people, and they have a lot of the same kind of terminology. They even have, like, Watchmaster instead of Chapter Master, and yes. just got a lot of odd similarities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Death Watch... The reason I picked them is when I was coming back into the hobby from a break is I wanted to try Space Marines because I originally played Orcs, but I didn't know which chapter to pick. (laughs) And I knew the Death Watch was a combination of them all. So I figured, well, why choose one when I can play all of them? Honestly, that's why I like Death Watch. Like, they're a relatively new army in terms of models and rules. They've existed in the universe forever but i do like that kind of creative freedom it's like everybody sends troops to the death watch so you can literally kind of you have a lot of uh room to build and get creative well and i was like, that was a cool yeah my, my buddy dan has a death watch kill team and literally i i was there when he built it and it was like all right i'm gonna make the watch chapter leader uh, chapter list so because you know we don't know what his backstory is and the heavy's weapons guy is gonna be like a dark angel and, and then this other you know our, like infiltration specialist is gonna be a raven guard and you get to have this kind of like well i mean if i'm cr- correct me wrong doesn't 
the idea of kill team originally come from the Death Watch? Yeah, that's what they call all their squads kill teams because they're they're meant to be specialized squads in the actual game. It, it's not as um, as always. It's not exactly like it is in the lore because of balance and rules and stuff. Because um, yeah, it is a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the the Death Watch um, are a lot. They can do a lot more in the lore than they can in the game. That they're kind of limited. Well, actually, yeah. For I just know the Death Watch um, have in the last in Eighth Edition and Ninth Edition have been pretty poor all things considered as far as the actual game is concerned when space brains have been like top which is funny because they're still space brains but they just have a number of tweaks to their rules that have made them not great <laughs> they got the special ammunition and that was their big strength but for the longest time they were lacking access to any of the toys that kind of made space marines powerful Oh God! It was terrible in eighth. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they couldn't hey, take anything. Nope. In, here's the here's the twelve team. things you get. And in kill team, they're pretty expensive for having no access to two wound models, at least until all space marines pump up to two wounds. But I know that was uh, I watched my my buddy who plays Death Watch play against my buddy who plays Thousand Suns multiple times, and it was sad. <laughs> I no. did not play much of them before. Uh, the world went on fire. Uh, yeah. I did get in a couple games of Kill Team, uh, and I got trampled. Yeah. By the way, sidebar, that whole, like, idea of being able to choose a faction that lets you be many factions is why, like, one of my armies is orcs, and in orcs I play the Free Buddhas partially because they're pirates, but also partially because then I can have members from all orc clans. So I totally understand that that logic that you brought up. I just want to add that there. So. Yeah. I mean, after I'm done with the Death Watch, I'm starting Unari, so... Same deal. Like, I want to play is, uh... all Eldar, so Unari. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Sounds like you're picking the armies that are not getting the love or support from Games Workshop. No, because... Death Watch I'm... to Unari. Yeah, but at least I... Unari has possibly, like, one of the... Well, Unari has one of the top-looking models in 40k. It's not quite Mortarian, but... The Yinead Trio is definitely like a beautiful set of models. I like that better than Mortarian. Mortarian's a butt ugly model. Oh, he should be. I mean, he's very okay. There's butt ugly by design and aesthetic, and there's butt ugly by this model's too busy for its own good. What the hell are you talking about? The Mortarian model is like the most gorgeous. I mean, yes, it's highly intricate, but that. All right, that's a whole nother. Wait, till we get to <laughs> Death Guard. Yeah, we'll that's talk a... about that. So. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the reason why I was so interested in, in Death Watch and then Yunari is when it comes to this hobby, I am a collector and a hobbyist before I'm a player. Uh, so I'm much more interested in the aesthetic and the lore than I am the rules. Well, that actually, that brings us to a question that uh, is integral to this whole conversation. So you said that this was you getting back into the hobby. So can oh, we yes. hear... Can we hear, first of all, your story of getting into the hobby in the first place, and then the story of how you're getting back into the hobby, since that's more relevant to Death Watch specifically? Yeah. Um, around 2011, I found Games Workshop, uh, and I thought it was an, a, like a video game store. <laughs> <laughs> and I like walked in, and I'm like, oh, this is very much not video games. I mean, if you don't know what you're getting into, Games Workshop, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. And... I believe it was my grandpa ended up getting me the Assault on Black Reach set. 
um, of which had orcs and space marines, and I chose the orcs at the time. And then around 2013-ish, I kind of dropped off of it. I kind of lost interest. I'd always joke, though, because even back then, all my usernames are always Warhammer Geek. I always joke that I could never stay away from it forever. Like, eventually, I, <laughs> I'd come back. And then around Here's 20... this podcast, we call that a geekdom pillar. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Around 2019, I was having a really hard time in my life. A lot was going on, and I had looked up because the stores I used to go to all closed. Games Workshop did several retail reboots in that time frame in the US and I looked up if there were any nearby and there was one by a buddy of mine who knew of Warhammer but wasn't really into it and I asked if he wanted to go check it out just look around you know not really do much just check it out and we ended up getting roped into a demo game as you do and he ended up liking it and I of course ended up reigniting my love for it and I found some of my cousin's old Space Marine kits with the 25 millimeter bases still. Oh boy. So really <laughs> um, old. I mean, not really old. They, they were just normal tactical Marines, but they were um, like fifth edition tactical Marines. Um, okay. And I had seen in the video game Dawn of War 2, they had a, a paint scheme for quote unquote Death Watch. It was very limited because that game had very limited uh, color options. Uh, and I'm like, oh, they, they look cool. I'm starting Space Marines. I looked them up. I saw that they're a collection of all the chapters. I thought, perfect, let's do this. I didn't even know that they were their own, in the rules, a sub-faction. I walked into one of the newly branded Warhammer stores. And I'm like, hey, you know, I want to start Death Watch. And the manager's like, okay, well, you know, here's the the codex here are their specific uh model kits and i'm like wait hold up i didn't realize they were like fleshed out now <laughs> yeah y yeah and i was completely caught off guard i, I do uh, love that as far as i'm concerned that is the right way to approach it like every time i try to bring someone into the hobby i'm i always kind of for me anyway i come from the standpoint of which faction do you think looks cool all the mechanics and stuff that can come later just just pick what you like aesthetically and like lore wise. <laughs> yeah. I was fully intending on just playing them as space Marines because I thought that that's all you could do. They were just slightly different looking. Uh, and boy, I fell hard into it. Nothing wrong uh, with that. I, I think with Warhammer, when you look at it from the outside, it looks very expensive. And some of the units are, I, I will admit some mm -hmm. are. But once you get the ball going, um, yeah, it really starts going. <laughs> it's a steep buy-in, to be fair. Don't let yeah, anyone ever hold take that. On. Hold on about that, because I, I found some ways to kind of get around that as far as this I'm... This is true. I was going to follow up. There are ways to get around that steep buy-in. But once you are in, and once you know what you're doing, there are plenty of ways to kind of make it work. And I do think Death Watch, they're an interesting one. In that, I would, I don't know if, if I ever do end up starting that Death Watch army, which I, I hope I don't. Actually, but that is a perfect one of go buy secondhand armies and repaint them and their Death Watch. Because any little tweaks or twerks that someone did it before just fits narratively to your army. Because like, oh yeah, they're from this chapter where everyone you know does this and that's the carryover. They are the I, perfect scavenger faction. 
Yeah, Ulrich, unless you're planning to give me your sisters, I can't sign off on you starting another Imperial Army. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, what's planned is kill Team Ulrich is as far as I'm going to go in that one. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you could always just throw um, a couple of Death Watch vets into your pre-existing Space Marine Army. That's the plan. Well, there's going to be a couple sprinkled in there uh, anyways, just like the Tyrann uh, Tyrannic War vets are going to be Death Watch, you know, yeah. members. <laughs> that that actually touches on well anyway i think kill team especially is like that's what i keep trying to tell my my friends who haven't gotten into it yet it's like okay you can spend as much as you would on like a new video game just to get a kill team and then use my tools to put them together you don't like and then if you're really into it then you can go get your own tools and stuff and so that's how I always phrase it, is like, really the buy-in, as far as I'm concerned, to Kill Team is the cost of one video game. Is the same. Yeah, and Games Workshop have gotten real good. The new Start Collecting Kits, a bit spendy compared to the old ones, but you're still getting a good solid value. What we're getting off topic, we're going to talk about Death Watch, and I want to talk about the best flyer <laughs> okay. in the game, the Corvus uh, dropship, I believe the, that's the Corvus. Black Star? Yeah, the Corvus Black Star. That is the a thing not, that I do not actually have. <laughs> oh, that's the that's well, like real, the real quick oh. then. Before we continue, uh, since you've been you said 2019, so you've had had a while. So, what does your Death Watch army look like currently, or your collection look like? Um, uh, I I went really hard on infantry, which I guess kind of makes sense because um again they're like specialized kill teams they don't use vehicles a whole lot um but uh boy do i have a lot of rank and file soldiers and not a lot of armored support or transports even i have a single rhino rhino for my entire army hey man you can't go wrong with a rhino rhino is always solid but you gotta doubles as a razorback if i need more guns yeah you got to you got I can see you uh, tiptoeing around the the actual can you give us an estimate of your infantry? <laughs> oh god. Um well I will say that I'm going for a codex strength uh watch fortress. Um ah. it's a little bit less than a normal space marine chapter. A normal space marine chapter has about a thousand and a um a watch fortress because they're more specialized is about 100 to 200 normal troops. I don't think I'm at that level yet i'm close <laughs> okay there we go <laughs> um, i'm pretty close i mean i'm looking at a bunch of them right now they're they're on my desk in front of me uh if it i've makes got you a cabinet better, in my kitchen filled with them if it makes you feel better i think i've got close to 300 marines the ulrich is trying to get up to chapter strength he's mentioned it to me several times so yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting close i've got like three companies now so yeah, a little over three hundred Marines are just waiting, ready to go. So yeah. All right, so Kate, you've got you've got somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred troops, and you've got a uh, a Rhino, which you should all, always have. <laughs> Everyone pile in the Rhino. Everyone, <laughs> you gotta scoot over, guys. Make room. Tuck the elbows. Come on, we only got one. Everyone's got to share. <laughs> the population did time. not budget us for extra transport capacity. <laughs> I have um I have a Watchmaster which was gifted to me in a secret Santa, and I forgot exactly who it was. Uh, I did post it on Instagram, which is Warhammer Geek 14, and I have that all there. It's all on there. It's really nice. It was painted for me. It is much better than anything I have painted. It sticks out like a sore thumb. thumb. (laughs) 
Um, I've got a Contemptor Dreadnought, uh, the Forge World one, not the Games Workshop Ooh, Plastic one. Um, the Watch Contemptor Dreadnought. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, buddy would... plays, uh, my buddy who plays Salamanders just bought the Forge World Contemptor Dreadnought. He hasn't put it together yet, but that thing... Anyway, sorry, continue. Contemptors are amazing. They are my favorite yeah. pattern of Dreadnought, and I do plan on eventually getting more. Uh, you can't just have got... No, I need more. <laughs> more, oh, more more ancients. Is that is that the call of Warhammer fans? More, yes. more. <laughs> Why do you think uh, we all yeah. have multiple armies? I was going to say I was, yeah. reading, I was reading a Reddit forum. I was saying something. I was, I was reading about uh, Battle Sister Paragon suits, and someone commented like, "And I was just finished with my army too." And someone went, "What is this finished you speak yeah, of?" Yeah, there's no oh, such okay. thing. You're never finished. <laughs> Not until everyone has a transport and you got every you know duplicates and intrinsicates. So I've got a contemptor. I've got two redemptors, which are the old easy to build ones. Because man, Games Workshop, what the hell, guys? Those easy to build were great starter models. Mm-hmm. They, they were, were cheap. cheap. They were so cheap. I have a couple <laughs> of those for that exact reason. Cheap. But I know like easy fit models are still a thing. I haven't messed with any of those myself, but it's just like playing around with it a bit. Yeah, they're a bit different. I think the Big difference is just the price point. <laughs> yeah, they were like ten, fifteen dollars cheaper. Yeah, which was uh, great when you you know you wanted to buy something new, but you didn't want to break the bank, and you're like, oh hey, this will tide me over. Oh yeah, um, the, the options were limited though. You uh, yeah. well, I guess if you were crafty, I've seen people cut them up and magnetize. I didn't have I didn't have the patience or time to do that. I just put them together as is. And then, oh god, I've just got all... I think that's like all of the vehicles is the Rhino and three Dreadnoughts, and then the rest is all infantry. So, here's the question you, I gotta ask. What um, chapters make up your army? You got any fun specialized ones? Or are you just doing the bog standards, or who's in there? Um, I try my best to do a mix of them all. Like, I have a Google Doc with just a bunch of different sh like I've, I've actually split them up in the google doc by kill team and i wanted to paint them all oh with i love this chapters. so much oh. yeah, I, I have something i have something similar with uh, i keep excel sheets and i put a three-digit number on the base of all my models so i can give them names and base like characteristics and stuff so <laughs> uh, i'm i'm gonna be uh, moving over to an excel sheet because i'm getting I'm at the point where I have too many, really, to keep track in just a, a text doc. <laughs> like, I, I need an, uh, a more specialized way of keeping track of them. No, that but, makes sense. Like, I, I go on, like, the, um, the Warhammer wiki or Lexiconum oh, or wherever, and I just, I'll look up the main chapters and I'll just browse through their successors. Mm -hmm. I've done that. That's always fun. And look for ones that either have a cool symbol. Sometimes I'll just pick them off the symbol, or we'll, we'll have cool lore. Um, uh, I like real already. I really like that you have taken the idea of aesthetic first, figure out the rest afterward. Which oh, again, yeah. I feel like is kind of the appropriate way to approach this most of the time. And yeah, you're you're being consistent with it. I I very much like that. So yeah, I am. To me, it's 100% aesthetic. I mean, that's why I have, like, no vehicles and all infantry. If if you wanted to actually... Like, the the, 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 um, the army I have, 
probably would not work super well in most games because there's no heavy support or transportation at all. But it looks cool. Yeah. So that's Rula cool. That trumps is. all. Huh? Really cool trumps all. Yeah. Plus, I, I I don't feel like Deathwatch run a lot of vehicles. I feel like it's a lot of strike forces. Like, hey, we're gonna put this orc wah down before it gets going. We're gonna hit up this, you know, dark Eldar flesh lab. We're gonna, you know, small man groups. And you can't exactly do that with a Bane blade or not a Bane blade, a Land <laughs> no. Raider. No, but I mean that's one of the differences between the lore and the tabletop, in, and why Deathwatch works theoretically works so much better in kill team than it does normal 40k is in 40k there's a lot of reliance on vehicles especially for transportation because if you've got a big board you do not want certain squads walking all the way especially if you have terminators (laughs) oh god you don't walk your terminators across the field that will just get them killed (laughs) deep strike or transport there no other option yeah Exactly. Even with their improved stat lines. To be fair, yeah. Ninth Edition has gotten a bit better with that by shrinking the board size and kind of changing some of the rules for for those kind of things. But yes, you are still generally correct. So, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to mention before because we, we were moving away from it is I remember reading that and this just came across as I was reading about some chapters. There's uh-huh. this really cool thing that different chapters have like very specific ways that they behave within the Death Watch. Oh, like. Yeah. Like how ultramarines are, because they're ultramarines, like, they're pretty much, yeah, we're doing our duty, and we're cool, and we, you know, get along with everyone. But you compare that to, like, the Black Templars, who are basically the only space marines who are zealous, and they're like, all right, all of you are kind of not praising the Emperor as much as I would like, but I'll deal with it. So they're kind of, like, on their own. Similar, even if they're in the kill team, they're still kind of like their own thing. Same thing for Dark Angels, who are like, oh, you think I'm a heretic, don't you? Well, fuck you. I'm going to do my job anyway. So, uh, and- Yeah, that's one of the things with the Death Watch is that, that makes them so interesting is since they come from all these different chapters, there's so much different um, culture, so many different traditions they have, how they interact with each other, because some chapters do not like each other. And when they join the Death Watch, they have to put up with it. Yeah, and some <laughs> chapters, if I remember correctly, some chapters like and some chapters don't like the death watch itself for some it's an honor to be called and for others it's like a punishment yeah um like i think i'm reading space wolves particularly are not fans of it so it's like it's like a more of a punishment for them the dark angels don't so much like it either because it gets in the way of the hunt for the fallen (laughs) um even though they still do that in the death yeah i've read a couple death watch stories i think all the death watch stories i've read that involve dark angels was like oh no fallen well guys i gotta kill you slash leave and it's like and this is why everyone makes the same joke yeah see the thing with the death watch is when the when they when the chapter gives you to the inquisition you're supposed to for your service time in the death watch you're supposed to for basically forget your chapter and Pledge yourself fully to the Inquisition. Not that everyone does that, i.e. Dark Angels. <laughs> um, Dark Angels, there's the general tension between Space Marine chapters as a whole and the Inquisition, especially when there's that whole, like, we answer to no one but the Emperor himself. Yeah, but you're still mortals, and we're not. And Anyway, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a who's, who's the bigger power? And there's even um, Black Shields, who are a... Death Watch specific unit um, where they have been exiled from their chapters. So they will 
scrape off their chapter icon and it will just be a black pauldron and they are pretty much just entirely in service of the Inquisition until their chapter deems them worthy to come back or they, or they also, deem themselves worthy. They are also a colossal pain in the ass to kill on the board. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I played against yeah. My, my buddy with his, with his death watch kill team. And I had three flash gets unloading every turn into this the black shield and just could not get anything through with stupid saves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that's cool, the Black Shields being loyal to the Inquisition. I have plans to make bodyguards for my Watchmaster, who are all Black Shields, so they have no other loyalty but to him. <laughs> I like the way you build. <laughs> I also wanted to make a uh, death company. I mean, they'd just have the normal <laughs> rules for, like, assault marines, but they'd be painted like death company. And the whole idea is... The Death Watch is part of the Inquisition, and the Inquisition likes to test things out. Um, so why wouldn't the Death Watch try that too? <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you might have a mission where um, it's going to be a really hard battle. You don't want to send in your best soldiers because you might lose them. You send in this Death Company who are all going to die anyway. That's kind of what they want. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of already been touching on this, but uh, so you said you're, you're really more of the collector than actual player, right? You said yes. that earlier. Yes. All right, but but still, with when you have played and uh, and how you you you've been describing, I think in detail, like how you build them. You have a very infantry centric. You've got a very aesthetic centric kind of uh, perspective, and I think that's all very awesome. How would you say though to someone listening, like? What does set them apart mechanically? Like, how do they play on the board compared to other factions? The the biggest thing, well, one of there there are two big things. The first thing that comes to mind is the special issue ammunition, which allows you to pick certain types of ammo for certain different um, scenarios. Uh, they've slightly changed it in ninth, but the main ones are pull out my codex i have it right here there are dragon fire bolts hellfire rounds kraken bolts and vengeance rounds uh dragon fire bolts are like the uh they're they're meant to like uh <laughs> crap <laughs> as a sidebar i was surprised that death watch was one of the first codexes to come out for for not or you know one of the early like this early in ninth like it kind of shows i think that games workshop is aware of where they've been sitting in the the tiers for a while. So. Oh yeah, with the dragon fire bolts, they are meant to be shot at units in cover. Hellfire rounds add to your wounds. Kraken bolts add range, and vengeance rounds subtract range but add armor piercing. And again, I, I think those are slightly changed in ninth. But I was reading out from my eighth codex because it was just right by me. But those are that's the special issue ammunition. The, the other big thing that sets the Death Watch apart from other Space Marine chapters is the kill teams because you can use them in normal um, 40K and you can have a squad of firstborn Marines and a squad of Terminators together. They will work as one unit. Or you can even field them as one unit and then split them up on the battlefield. I know that. That's neat. I haven't played against Death Watch in a regular 40k game before, so... 
Yeah, they could do that in Kill Team too, but you could do that in Kill Team with everyone, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the biggest thing with the Kill Teams in ninth is with the changes to how objectives are scored, where it has to be done by like a troop choice. When you put Terminators into a firstborn kill team, the Terminators become a troop choice. They're no longer counted as elite. <clears throat> also, side note to anyone listening, because this is extremely new terminology, firstborn space marines are the ones we've oh. had for nine editions. We use that term now to differentiate them from Primaris Space Marines, which are basically bigger Space Marineier Space Marines. Space Marineier Space Marines. That, I is, mean, the, that is the apt description of Primaris. I'm yeah. not even going to argue. <laughs> they're <laughs> they, bigger, they are... they're bulkier, they have bigger guns, more gothic. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so that's a big thing with the Death Watch. You can have... And it works for Primaris, too. If they're Primaris Elite, choices you can put them with into a, a primaris kill team and you can make them troop choices the um the way the kill teams oh man the way so much works in ninth they've it's a simultaneous nerf and buff for the death watch some ninth of this special... is a weird beast right now let's, let's call it what it is no one's able to play it so they don't know how to balance it yeah the the biggest buff to death Sorry. watch I gotta, I gotta interject there. Just looking at, like, tournament data, I feel like they are paying attention. It's just that because of, you know, what's going on in the world right now, that data might be a little more skewed in a very specific kind of competitive way. So we're getting a different kind of, I think, balance changes than we would have had otherwise. But I think that ninth Edition's oddness comes down to... And I wasn't there when 8th Edition was first launched, so I can't say... But I feel like this is just kind of the growing pains of a new edition so far. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the biggest buff to the Death Watch in 9th edition is that they are no longer a codex. They are a codex supplement. So they have access to most, not all, of the codex Space Marines stuff. I guess what so, they should have been in the first place. But anyway. Which is what, exactly, which is what they should have done in the first place. They should have always had access to some of that stuff. It never made sense to me playing why the Death Watch didn't have access to, like, um, most of the Primaris vehicles, to, like, land speeders and stuff. It, it never made sense to me why they had no access to some of those vehicles. Because... A lot of the hindrance in Eighth was that Deathwatch had so little vehicle choices. Uh, well, like I said, it was just especially weird because Space Marines are always in the top. Like they may not be like the top top. There have been like right now, as far as I know, in Ninth Edition, the top top factions are actually Sisters of Battle and Harlequins. But Space Marines are always like A tier, always because they have access. They get the most support. Period. So they have the most stuff the most toys so like the death watch are space marines with extremely limited toy box is always weird <laughs> yeah <clears throat> with ninth they changed how the primaris kill teams work the firstborn ones stayed the same you could have normal space marines. you can have uh, normals and firstborn like tactical marines you could have terminators you could have bikers and you could have jetpack assault marines all in 
a single squad. It's called a Proteus kill team. And in Eighth, you could do that exact same thing with the Primaris units, where you just have the Intercessors, and they'd be mixed with, like, the Aggressors or the Inceptors. Now, they've split Primaris into three different kill teams, where... It's Intercessors, Assault Intercessors, Outriders, and Hellblasters are a Fortis kill team. Heavy Intercessors, Aggressors, Inceptors, and Eradicators are an Indomitor kill team. Infiltrators, Incursors, Reavers, and Eliminators are a Spectrus kill team. And I get it a lot of words to add up to, I, I have access to more things, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get the like narrative sense. Like, okay, we're grouping them together narratively, but... Uh, and you can tell me as a player, but then it feels kind of like they're handcuffing you to, no, 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 this is how you play. No more. You you have to play one of these ways. Yeah. And that's how it feels to me. And I, I can see why, because the Firstborn have four different variations. You have the Tactical Marines, you have Terminators, Bikers, and then Jetpack Assault Marines. And the Primaris have so many different variations. I can see why they split it up so much but the way i had built my army it completely screwed everything up because i had a lot of intercessors and reavers and they can't be put together anymore yeah i i don't know living edition again everyone's getting double codexes double supplements now one of the things i want to see and i think would be kind of cool doing some part is you grant them access to unique weapons that only they can use like reversed xenos weapons because i know they can do that i know that's in the lore they can you know modify stuff kind of have but i want like physical models not just rules for i want you know physical models like on the spruce so that death watch really feels unique they put in the effort to make them different there's uh, one that's actually on the sprue comes in the normal death watch kill team that you can buy it, the xeno phase blade is like it i don't know oh, if it is thing. necron tech but it looks like necron tech yeah no i remember <laughs> when they first did death watch they had a bunch of cool like they were the first ones that have the combat shotgun and that yes. big old uh, storm shield which i want for bits reasons because it's cool no yes. more of that but more xeno really get creative maybe use it as an excuse to refresh some of your xenos lines I'm looking at the codex, and I, I realize even the shotgun has special ammunition. So I kind of really, real quick, bring me back to uh, lore for a second here. So we talked about how these guys are part of the Order Xenos. They fight aliens. That means that while there are many, many threats in the 41st millennium with demons and, and whatnot, the Death Watch don't really care much about that. They care about fighting aliens, which, as far as I can tell, most of the time means orcs. Um... <laughs> So it's very funny because I've read, because I've been catching up the lore stuff. I don't read a lot of Black Library books. I'm trying to fix that. Um, I've read, I believe, five Death Watch stories. And good ones. three of them have been orcs and two of them have been chaos. And see, chaos is like, that's not aliens. That's the no, great it's not. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, st- I mean... I guess technically both of the stories made sense. One of them was the Death Watch were returning to their watch fortress and they get ambushed by a war band that's a good one i know that one which i liked it was i mean i like them both <laughs> the other I, one was uh, huh? oh, go ahead. uh the other one was a kill team was hunting down a slinth or slith yeah their dark eldar snake and it turns out that it was all being done by the emperor's children that's and, another good one that's got the dread dog eats people okay. 
it it does have a dreadnought that eats people but you're following this dark angel hunting down these snake people and i kid you not all of a sudden there's a fallen and then out of nowhere chaos dreadnought shows up <laughs> and it's like wait what happened to the snake people you know what my mind initially went to when i was thinking about so so death watch right are capable of fielding a proper Warhammer army, but they are lore-wise about kill teams, small groups of highly specialized infiltrators, the kind of stuff you can make a movie around. Yes. First of all, Nudge, nudge. <laughs> yes, yeah. nudge, nudge. But it also means that storyline-wise, you know what my first thought was would be a really good thing for them to deal with? Huh. Gene Stealer cults. Oh, God, that'd be awesome. So, like, Tyranids as a whole that. are kind of too big for Death Watch to handle, but Gene Sealer cults, the idea of, like, hey, Tyranids have, we think Tyranids may have invaded this planet, and there's a Gene Sealer cult that's manipulating things. Go in, keep under wraps, figure it out, and eliminate it. It seems like exactly the kind of thing that uh, that Death Watch is built for. Um, yes, in the lore, the Death Watch are actually the ones who discovered Gene Sealer cults. They're the first ones to encounter them. All right. So I'm on board. And that's the kind of story I'd want to read. <laughs> there's an Ultramarine's chaplain named Cassius who served in the Death Watch, and he and his kill team were the first ones to discover uh, Gene Stealer cults. I was actually going to ask you about some story. named Death Watch people, but you you got ahead of me there. <laughs> well, that's another thing that Ninth actually helped them with because I've got my uh, Ninth Codex out now and my Eighth. I'm I'm all I'm well researched and prepared. Um. In 8th edition, I'm pretty sure they have, yeah, two, no, one named character in 8th edition. It's Watch Captain Artemis, isn't it? Watch Captain Artemis. Interesting enough, Kill Team Cassius is a named, is it even a named group? It was. They had, like, when they first, they they came out with uh, Death Watch in the end of 7th, I think, that's when they came out. And that's and a eighth really cool kit. Not an eighth group. Yeah, no, they lost it in eighth edition, which sucks because they had really good rules. And that's a really good kit that I want to buy for Kill Team Ulrich because there's so many bits in there I want to scavenge. And it's it's such a shame that they lost their special rules because that was they had really cool flavorful rules. Like everyone was a named character with special weapons and special things. Some are better than others. I have good news for you. In ninth, they're back. Yay! Chaplain Cassius is an independent named character. Uh, Codicer Notorian, who's a Blood Ravens librarian, is a separate named character. And Kill Team Cassius is a fully named squad. Good. Um, so in ninth edition, uh, Death Watch get three named characters. Hey, you're still ahead of Iron Warrior or uh, Iron Hands. Technically, we have four because there was a named Watchmaster for Kill Team, but he was a limited edition set. He was literally just a normal Watchmaster. The sprue was no different. He might have had different rules, though. I'm not sure. I missed out on him. But he did have a name, and I thought that was interesting that they got a named character in Kill Team. (laughs) (laughs) Who you couldn't then use in 40k. As that named character. Okay, Uh, Games Workshop. (laughs) Like, you just use him as a normal Watchmaster. (laughs) The thing I find weird about all this is I'm fairly certain, I could be wrong, someone can have to correct me, but Death Watch came about when they had the Death Watch RPG. I'm not sure, possibly. 
mean, and I've read a few stories that indicate there's a number of things that had their start in Warhammer like that, coming out initially as an independent kind of thing that then gets rolled in afterwards. So I wouldn't be well, surprised at all. I know that that game created a couple of chapters, like the Storm Wardens came from that. And oh, wow. I always wanted to play because I thought I, D&D meets 40K sounds awesome. And they, they have yet to revive it. It's like, no, no, bring that back because Death Watch, lore, everything about that feels perfect for a RPG-style campaign. I have all the books digitally, and I bought them legit because they do sell digital copies of the books. Mm. So if and I've been looking for people to play it. So if you want to try <laughs> it, I, mean, I have no idea how to play it, and I'm not going to learn just by myself. An excuse to bring Ulrich into a role-playing game? Hmm. <laughs> I've actually have been talking about that idea forever. I've actually been looking at 40K tabletop games for a while now to try to figure out, like, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned reading five Death Watch books, and I always like at least having, like, because uh, I think the game is certainly important, but again, I feel like lore is more important for usually these kind of faction-focused kind of things. So yeah. if you don't mind, of the five Death Watch stories you've read, would you pick one of them? It could be your favorite, it could be your least favorite, whatever. Just one of them, and give us a... Mid to high level synopsis, so we have an idea of like, so the people listening have an idea of what a Death Watch kind of story is like. Yeah, I will talk about because it's the hardest to get a hold of the Death Watch comic book because that was a thing they actually Ooh, did, and it is written by Aaron Debsky Bowden, who is a very prolific Black Library writer. If you uh, mm. listeners were unaware, uh, he isn't he the Emperor's spear guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is a comic book written by him, and I will credit the other creators too. It is the art is by uh, Tauzio Betton. The colors are Kevin Enhart, and the letter is Rob Steen. Uh, and it is a story of uh, a kill team with a imperial fist, a flesh terror, a celestial lion, a space wolf, and an ultramarine are sent to this like refinery planet to take out some Urghuls, which are also, I think, related to the Dark Eldar. They're they're like ghouls, but alien ghouls. <laughs> so, sounds like Dark Eldar shenanigans. So think like a fantasy ghoul, but give it like three eyes. And yes, I just double checked. They are Drukari. Yeah. So the Death Watch is sent to this refinery planet to take out an infestation of Ur- Urghul who are tearing the place up. They easily take them out and then wait for it orcs show up <laughs> because they always seem to do this <laughs> an entire wa shows up and for scale this is five space marines on this planet alone and a wa shows up and i believe they've lost communication with their ship it is kind of orcs are they they are it looks like they're snake bites it's been a while since i've read this and i'm just flipping through it and the squad snake bites would be uh low tech sorry yeah they're feral they're basically just fantasy orcs in 40k yeah i've never Um, had it confirmed but i've always hypothesized that the only reason snake bites exist are so that you could use your fantasy orc models in 40k probably (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me if that was the reason And uh, getting into a bit more spoilery, the Space Marines start getting picked off one by one, and it 
I believe the yeah they they certainly and picked off one by one, and the story ends on the Watchmaster ordering like the fleet to go vaguely in their direction because they haven't contacted in. The last page is just three of the five Marines standing in like a group and then just surrounded by orcs and then it ends and i don't think it's ever getting continued because i've heard nothing about it and this came out in 2018 and warhammer now has a partnership with marvel and this was done under titan comics which is a uk comic company uh the books are kind of hard to find that's really (laughs) neat and that's that's pretty recent too huh yeah it is fairly recent i know that the individual comic issues because it was released as four issues are um a little easier to find than the collected uh trade paperback version but it's still not easy you'll be looking for this book which is why i picked it to summarize because it's the hardest to get a hold of I, I found it on eBay one day. Look, you could argue, I, though, you could argue that there's few things more grimdark than ending that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so What does it say at the end? Hold up. It, it says, never the end. And that's how it goes out. <laughs> it says, here, I'll, I'll read the very last. Faith and Danakis and his men, three days. All they must do is hold out for three days, never the end. And then the book ends. You it's know, funny because I feel like in any other in any other like universe that uh, ending there would be and not getting a continuation. Although based on what you're saying, let's let's pray to the God Emperor that it gets picked up somehow and it gets oh, a continuation. So. <laughs> but in any other medium, though, that kind of being the end would be really really frustrating it reminds me of like the ending of the angel or something but with warhammer because of the nature of how warhammer's universe works and how war is never ending and the nature of grimdark it feels kind of appropriate it's like yeah the likelihood that these five guys actually hold out for three days is pretty low and if the story ends it means they they didn't and no one knew about it because the orcs just took over and that's just how this universe works sometimes so yeah. It was um, three of them. Two of them had died. <laughs> there, there you even, go. Even more so. Worse. Even worse chances. I mean, it does make sense. It does make sense to end it there because uh, of the way Warhammer works and specifically the way Death Watch works. They assume the risk. That's what happens sometimes. But, but I don't know. I don't like it ending there because I like Aaron Dembski Bowden's writing and the book was really good and you read through it all and then you get to this and then you look it up and it's like, oh, there's like no word on any continuation. Uh, yeah, just just from the just from the perspective of wanting more good art, like from that perspective, yes. Pick oh, it up, yeah. give us more. So. Some of the art in this is absolutely amazing. Why well, is art in the general sense, but go and continue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a comic book, so it's a visual medium. The art is great, man. It, it It is a bit more colorful just because it is a comic book, and you, the way that the comic book process work kind of have to do bright colors the, the way the printing works. But There's nothing wrong with that. That's why people, no. that's why space screens work, is they're so bright and colorful and primary colors, it just stands I mean, out. Literally, look at, look at two of the most most represented space marine chapters the ultramarines and the imperial fists are bright blue and bright yellow Come oh on. yeah camouflages yeah. for cowards 
but the the art still has a grim dark feel to it um the the orcs look dirty and the the space marines look dirty too everything looks dirty it's <laughs> uh, it, it's all unless you're tau then things look clean but only them <laughs> and bloody and uh, yeah they should do more uh visual stuff like that i know well uh up with marvel they should do more with marvel <laughs> i mean i'm i'm on board with more warhammer stuff period although like i said i think there are Warhammer such a huge universe. I think about like ways to try to get it more normal, not normal. Sorry, a wider audience to be aware of it because it's still pretty niche, even though it's grown a lot in the last, even just the last year, it's grown a lot. Probably because people have been stuck inside. But like I know they're making a you know a Netflix show about Eisenhorn, and that makes sense. You're basically doing a detective story. Oh, that's going to uh, be a Netflix show. I thought it was a Netflix show. I could be wrong. I, I just heard it was a show. I never knew any channel I, or. All right, don't don't take me. I could be. It could just be my brain fit that in there because I'm so used to saying that sentence yeah. over again. So just a show. I know they're making a, an Eisenhorn show. There, let me correct myself. But it, like other things besides uh, an Inquisitor, it, Death Watch makes sense for. I think if you're going to make a a movie, even like Death Watch are a really good thing because you don't need to like you can literally focus on like you could do an aliens kind of thing with a Death Watch kill team. Oh God, so, yeah. <laughs> Like, it'd probably be it'd probably be seen as derivative to like people who don't get it, but that'd be a good like easy in, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you don't that'd have to be... explain. I mean, a lot of the work is done for later works. It's like, oh, I recognize that chapter. He was in that Death Watch movie. I didn't realize he had a bigger thing. Oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, and, we... and, huh? Oh no, go ahead. And you could sell the Death Watch, too. And their, um, as I like to call it, their shoulder pad tax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the Death Watch have specialized shoulder pads that I guess technically you don't have to get. I'm just a sucker. <laughs> no, it's not a Death Watch armor without the shiny silver shoulder pad. Yeah. Um, it's, and they, of course, they come separately. <laughs> Yeah. There are it's... there are some kits that come with them, but for the most part, you're going to be buying a lot of the blister packs. <laughs> because we're all addicts to the dealer that is Games Workshop. So, and the the interesting thing with the Death Watch, uh, um, real world sales wise, is they don't seem to be doing very well in tournaments or on the tabletop. But everything is always sold out. <laughs> they're a pop. They're visually, it's a very cool looking, unique army. And I think they're the biggest strength of you can build a kill team and that's your army. Just exactly, yeah. That's all you need. And you have a look at my little Death Watch army. It's all painted up. It looks nice. I have one from every chapter. And I've got my cool Corvus Blackstar because that is still one of the coolest models to come out. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is a sick model. Anyway, so so we've been talking for roughly an hour. And so at, at this point, I would like to uh, bring us to concluding thoughts. And obviously, Kit, your concluding thoughts are most important for this particular thing. So do you have uh, any final things you want to say to kind of wrap up your your what your sharing of Death Watch with us and anyone listening? If I have convinced you to get a Death Watch army, mercy on your soul. <laughs> because um, it is a more expensive Space Marine army. Stuff gets sold out. It's harder to find. You'll have fun building and painting them uh even if they might not be so good on the tabletop and 
that that should be what matters most though you will have fun building and painting them and just looking up other chapters to shift into them all right my my concluding thought is that i think that especially after this conversation that death watch should be what anyone looking to make a warhammer movie should be paying attention to so yeah no i long want my dream 40k game is XCOM, but with the death watch overlay they kind of have that well they have a kind of have it they have the ad mech necron game that's essentially uh um xcom but with ad mech and necron but that's a whole yeah there there is actually a death watch video game (laughs) that is turn based um it was originally a mobile game they ported it oh that's right i remember that one it isn't great (laughs) it has a lot to be desired well, to be fair, most but I was Warhammer desperate, games, and it was mostly fun. <laughs> most Warhammer video games are only okay and are basically lifted up by being Warhammer aesthetic. There yeah. are a few exceptions, but that's generally what happens. No, so. I want them to invest the money and give me a game where I recruit my Death Watch, and depending on the chapter that I recruit them from, they have extra bonus stats and specializations, and come on. The that, formula's that's there. That's in the game. That's in the game. Yeah, that make it good. <laughs> make it good, yeah. The Make it not a mobile port. Make it yes. like an actual meant... Because they ported it to console, too. Um, <laughs> but they didn't Again. change, like, anything. It is literally just, like, it now plays on the other systems. It didn't have sound settings. You have just... to go into the files oh. to turn the sound down. Oh, that's gross. That's <laughs> calm, gross. but with Death Watch... Come on. Well, to be fair, Games Workshop's uh, philosophy has been we basically give the IP to any video game company that wants to make something, and you get a lot of stuff, and then because you get a lot of stuff, that's like your best way of getting, I guess, gems. You know, every now and then we get something really good, but then we get a lot of stuff that's just not that great. It's just kind of how that that works, how that shakes out. So, Anyway, so at this point then, after our after all our conversation is where we take the special soapbox out that uh, we, we reserve for guests so you can stand on it and you can plug literally anything you want to plug. Uh, well, I guess I'll start with my personal plugs. Uh, I am Warhammer Geek on Twitter. Um, I will warn you, I do talk about lots of other things than Warhammer, um, mainly real life stuff and politics. My Twitter is not just hobby based, so tread carefully if you don't want that. If you just want hobby stuff, I'm on Instagram at WarhammerGeek14. I don't post a whole lot, but I'm trying to post more, especially as I'm getting back into doing my Death Watch a lot again after the stump of 2020 the other thing i'd like to plug is the geeks with shields they have lots of other good shows besides geeks of grimdark there are plenty if this is the first episode of all you've heard uh there are other guests on geeks of grimdark they're all great just everything they do is good (laughs) listen to their stuff (laughs) i am a patron of theirs and I'm on the show. I'm one of their patrons. Just just support them. They're awesome. I'm talking to them. Of course they're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, that, and that's my uh, plug-in concluded. All right. Well, then, uh, in that case, we'd like to thank you again, Kit, for coming on, and especially for the, the glowing recommendation we <laughs> that was unexpected. But thank you very much. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> and I had a great time talking with you. I believe Ulrich did, too, but I try my best not to speak for him. So... 
No, I was excited. I like Death Watch. I was looking forward to talking about them. I was looking forward to have um, someone to bounce off of. It was it was it was nice. I liked it. All right, Ulrich, you want to take us into our outro? Yes, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that is the lifeblood of podcasts. And hey, who, why don't you want to share this with your friends? What, what are you hiding from them? And if you're listening to us, then it is most likely on either SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. If there's any other platform you would like us to look into, let us know and we'll look into it. I know, for example, someone just said to me the other day that we should get on the uh, like the Apple or the iTunes one. I know we've looked into that, and that has some weird constraints. But you know, if there's some, we'll, we'll keep looking. And it's not it's not like an impossibility. But if there's any other one as well, you want us to look into, you know, tell us, and we'll look into it. As always, it's been Lord Commander Orc and his shield brother Axel Ray. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor. <laughs>